Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Gulhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari. Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys, and welcome back to the fourth edition of the In The Sand Show. Today we are looking at the latest European soccer news and the A-League. We kick off with soccer news in Europe, which saw the conclusion of the Champions League group stage, which saw the major competition drop from 32 teams to 16. If you didn't already know, the UEFA Champions League is an annual club football competition organised by European football associations and contested by top division European clubs. Group A saw Italian giants Napoli win the first group. This group consisted of Europa League runners-up Rangers, EPL giants Liverpool and the Kings of Netherlands Ajax. Group A was predicted pretty straightforwardly. Many believed Liverpool would take out this group with ease. They've got the likes of Mo Salah, uh, Robbie Firmino. They've got so many good players and um, they just weren't able to take it out. After being predicted to be uh, pr- to do pretty well, um, it was predicted to see Napoli falling behind them. But after the opening game, it's what Napoli absolutely dominate the Merseyside team, um, and they began to run this form out, and, and they won the group in the end. Falling behind them was Liverpool, who um, couldn't capitalise uh, after the first game. I mean, lost a bit of form. They won games, but it was just pretty tough for them. After that, it was Ajax that finished behind them. Then, after them, saw the Scottish side Rangers coming last with a pretty poor effort. But they tried to do their best. I mean, they've got a side nowhere near as good as um, Napoli, Ajax and Liverpool. They don't have the budget and um, they they couldn't get any points against those big teams. So, overall, Group A was a good group, pretty entertaining and um, a couple of upsets here and there. Next, we saw Group B in the Champions League with a pretty mediocre group uh, with the likes of Portugal Giants, Porto, Club Brugge from Belgium, Bayer Leverkusen from Germany and Atletico Madrid. This group was predicted to be an easy takeover of the group from Spanish title contenders as in their squad, they are led by extremely highly, highly regarded coach Thiago Simeone, which in his coaching career has found himself winning two La Ligas and becoming the runners-up of the Champions League two times previously. But Atletico Madrid are also gifted with players like Hal Felix, Jan Oblak, Antoine Griezmann, who are all world-class players and provide in their own way, um, which definitely help the club. And that's why they're so good and that's why they're always there. And, um, that's why they predict they were predicted to come first and get straight into knockout stages. But um, this looked otherwise. So after all the games, the Portuguese giants, Porto, came up top, which was a big surprise. Followed that was Club Brugge, 
from Belgium, which is another huge surprise. Then by Leverkusen, who's got the likes of Patrick Schick as a striker, and um, they couldn't beat uh, Brugge or Porto, and they came in third. And in last place, the absolutely magnificent side, everything gone their way. Atletico Madrid found themselves in last position. This takes a huge hit to their team. I mean, they haven't been in the finals of the Champions League for the first time in five seasons. They've got everything. They've got the budget. They've got they've got a great manager. They've got a great squad with all highly regarded players. I mean, some have won the Euro. Some have won the World Cup. They just couldn't beat teams like Porto and Brugge, who are obviously not to their level, but it, this showed otherwise. Um... So, Porto and Club Brugge advance to the next stage, but it's going to be so difficult for them. They've got to play some of the best teams in the world. You've got Inter Milan, Real Madrid. There's so many good teams. It's going to be so hard to beat them. So, it'll be interesting to see how far they go into the knockout stages. The next group for the Champions League saw the group of death with the likes of Barcelona, Inter Milan, Bayern Munich and Victoria Pulsen. This group just looked to see Victoria Pulsen, a Czech Republic side, crashing out, not really standing any chance against any of the other sides in their group. But the top three of the group could see it go any way possible. Barcelona had put together a power lineup this transfer window. They had brought in the likes of Marcus Alonso, a former Chelsea player who played as left back and they're developing into some sort of a centre back and that could also play as a left back. They've brought in Frank Kessia, who is a unit in that midfield. He runs that midfield. Robert Lewandowski, who is a star striker, and he's someone that Barcelona needed. I mean, the they had Aubameyang, and they got rid of him to bring in Lewandowski, and Lewandowski's a, a huge striker. I mean, he provides... He can just do whatever he can to get the ball in the back of the net, and that's what Barcelona needed. I mean, the year before, they didn't have a great season, and... They needed to bring players in. They've brought so many, like so many good players in that they have to give up their their stadium rights. Um, uh, so it's just it's just interesting to see how Barcelona went in this group. But Bayern also have the likes of Delict from Juventus, Sadio Mane from Liverpool, Kingsley Coman, Gravenberch from Ajax. They've got so many good players. This group is just amazing. I mean, this those players make. Buying an extreme powerhouse, and also Inter Milan have the likes of Romelu Lukaku from Chelsea, Nicola Barella, Lautaro Martinez. You've got Euro champions, Copa America champions. This group was absolutely stacked with talent, and with anything, anything possible was able to happen. This saw Bayern taking the win in the group, and also saw Inter Milan just fall short of first place. But seeing them progress to the second round, but a talented Barcelona couldn't qualify. They have everything going their way, every talent. It's just, it must be like a run of themes. I mean, Atletico couldn't qualify. Now Barcelona, uh, they just couldn't get over the line. I mean, Xavi's got to, Xavi, Barcelona's manager, has got to do a lot of work with them if they want to get to the Champions League next year, um, but also stand a threat to any of the other big teams. Um, but... It looks like Bayern and Inter Milan could definitely progress really far into maybe the semi-finals or even the final. These teams are really strongly built. They've got some really good players, and um, it's it's going to look pretty good for them in the knockout stages. And whoever they draw 
if it's a hard team, that's going to look like a big blockbuster match. But if they uh, draw a little team like, you know, Porto or Club Brugge, that will definitely smash them. And so it looks really interesting um, on that. Group D of the Champions League saw the likes of Frankfurt, Tottenham Hotspur, Sporting Lisbon and Marseille. This group saw a lot of great up-and-coming teams and some already established teams. Tottenham have a great lineup. They've got the Lux Huminson, Harry Kane. They've got Rodrigo Benton Kerr. They've got so many good players. I mean, they're led by star manager Antonio Conti, who um, he was former Italy manager, and he's doing their, his best with Tottenham. He's developing them more into a top four side in the Premier League as well. Um, it's something that they're missing is they've always been that team that can't be able to win a trophy. And I think, give it a couple of years, they're going to be able to do that. This eventually saw them top the group in the Champions League and progresses them into the round of 16. Frankfurt came into the group as the Europa League champion, so with a lot of confidence, they've got a team that can prove themselves at a European level, but they came into a tough group. They managed to get points against Sporting Lisbon and Marseille, which also saw them progressing into the round of 16, but it's going to be extremely tough against any team in the knockout stages, they're going to have to show their experience and and that's the only way they're really going to stand a chance against any of those world-class teams. Sporting Lisbon is another up-and-coming team with the likes of Pedro Porro and Englishman Marcus Edwards. They ended up in third position in this tough group, dropping points to Tottenham and Frankfurt. Finally, a strong Marseille team had a terrible Champions League, which saw them ending last in the group. They have the likes of Alexis Sanchez, Gwen Doozy, Eric Bailly, Jonathan Claus, which are all world-class players. You've got, champ, uh, you've got World Cup winners. You've got so many good players, and they're backed by a huge supporter base as well. But unfortunately, they dropped easy points and didn't see them progress into the final 16. So that wraps up Group D, sees uh, Tottenham and Frankfurt going through. Thank you for listening to the In The Sands show. I'll catch you after the break. This is Tor Larson from Radio Karam, host of Sunrise on Super 8 on Saturday mornings 9 to 12. Stay groovy. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing 
don't worry. Because <laughs> Atticus Health will make you feel all right. Hi, I'm Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Caram. Welcome back to the In The Stand show. We are continuing to look at the Champions League. Now we are looking at Group E, which saw saw the likes of Chelsea, AC Milan, Red Bull Salzburg from Austria and Dinamo Zagreb from Croatia. This group saw Chelsea being the favourites of the group, which also led them to eventually win the group. They had brought in the likes of Raheem Sterling, Kalaji Koulibaly, who provide as that missing link and figure to get Chelsea to that next level, which proved it did. It only saw them lose... Only just the one game out of the six group games, uh, which uh, which gives them confidence and uh, going into the round of 16, it's going to help them a lot. In second place in Group E was AC Milan. It was predicted that Milan and Chelsea would have to battle it out for battle it out for first place in the group, which they did, but it only saw them come second. It also saw. Um, they saw them progress to the knockout stages and Milan had have a strong attack and they've got the likes of Rafael Liao and Olivier Giroud which helped them dominate against those low, lower-ranked opponents like Dinamo Zagreb and Red Bull Salzburg. But not only them, it helps against those bigger teams and uh, it, their, their attack, it, it's, just, it's just really good and um, the way they attack and the way they score goals, it's really entertaining and helps them out a lot provides him as a title contender not only in the Serie A but also in the Champions League. Also Red Bull Salzburg finished in third place with only just the one win under their belt. They had some powerful and class players such as Adeyemi who provides that key attacker but he's been transferred to Borussia Dortmund so they just had to show their spirit and their talent which saw them finishing third. In last place Dinamo Zagreb who also had only just the one win. It was against Chelsea though that's a huge upset and it helps the club. But this form didn't continue seeing them win no more games after this. Now, we look at Group F, who had the famous Real Madrid, Red Bull Siles, Red Bull Leipzig, Shakhtar Donetsk and Celtic. This group was highly and pretty straightforwardly predicted to see Real Madrid as, Real Madrid as winners. As they have the current Ballon d'Or winner, Karim Benzema, they've got Vinicius Junior, Rodrigo, Valverde, and the list goes on of absolutely world-class players. And they took this group out with ease, only facing just the one loss. In second place, saw Red Bull Leipzig, the German side, who brought in homegrown talent Timo Werner to make a difference in that squad, which also which also features Christopher Nkuku, who is off the back of an outstanding year. Uh, you've also got star Spa- Spanish man uh, Danny Olmo who provides that midfielder and is that missing link and um, progresses them. 
it also was predicted that for the German side to come second, and they j- did just that as well. In third place, it saw Shakhtar Donetsk, who are the only Ukrainian team in the league, and gave it whatever they had and finished in front of Ange Postacoglu Celtic, which saw them come third. In last place, it was Celtic of Scotland, who were led by highly regarded Aussie coach Ange Postacoglu. But Celtic couldn't make amends against strong European sides, which saw them winless and finish, which finished them in last position. We continue to look at to look at Champions League finalised groups looking at Group G this group saw some of Europe's greatest teams like Manchester City Borussia Dortmund but you also had Sevilla of Spain and FC Copenhagen of Denmark in first place it was Manchester City and so they should be they have one of or if not the best team in the world at the moment they brought in star Norwegian Erling Haaland from other Group G rivals in Dortmund who had who has made most of his transfer and looks to be up there for next year's Ballon d'Or. And they also have a st- an extreme amount of squad depth. And they can mix and match their squad however they like. And it, and it works. It saw them undefeated. And they're definitely Champions League title contenders. I mean, they've got a, the great, a great squad. Every position, they've got a backup. It's Everything's good, looking good for um, Manchester City. And I reckon it will see them win the uh, entire Champions League. Which is something Pep Guardiola... Guardiola hasn't won yet and that's something he obviously wants um next we look at second place in Dortmund they had lost Erling Haaland to Manchester City and uh, but they had to bring in stars like Modest and young gun Adeyemi and this paid off with only just the one loss um but they can definitely progress into uh they could definitely progress far into the knockout stages in third place, it saw Sevilla, who came into a pretty tough group and proved that they could get points, just not enough. In last place, it was FC Copenhagen, who came in as underdogs in the squad. They have Aussie Matty Ryan between the sticks and had a huge supporting base no matter where they were playing. But this definitely helps them produce points, that fan base. and But they just couldn't get enough to get to that knockout stage as they're playing some. They're playing Manchester City and Dortmund, some really good teams, and it's just going to be extremely difficult to beat teams like them. The last group of the UEFA Champions League was Group H, which saw Benfica, Portuguese side, Kings of France, Paris Saint Germain, Juventus, and Maccabi Hi-Fi. In first place, it was surprisingly Benfica who were able to overcome the tough sides of Juventus and world-class PSG. This shocked the football world, and it's going to be extremely interesting to see how they go into the knockout stages. They're being regarded as the dark horse of um, of the Champions League. Uh, but in second place is PSG, who have some of the best players in the world. They've got Kylian Mbappe, Leon, Lionel Messi, Neymar, and they were undefeated but tied with points with Benfica, seeing them in second position. They, they've got the team, they've got the support. They have everything possible, and for them not to go far in the knockout stages would be a huge shock. Um, and it's something that they can definitely do. They can definitely, they can definitely get those, um, beat those teams. I mean, they've got the talent. They've got everything. They've basically got everything. They've got midfield of variety. You can control the game. And they've got some really good players. And if they don't get far into the Champions League, it would be a big shock. In third position was Juventus, who had a pretty poor Champions League, losing to Maccabi Hi-Fi and found it pretty hard to get points. 
They had brought in Dusan Vlahovic and Angel Di Maria, who are great players, and they helped the team massively, but they couldn't gel together in the end and couldn't get into the knockout stages. In last position was Maccabi Haifa, an Israeli team, which had a huge supporting base. They managed to overcome Juventus and secure the three points, but struggled against Benfica and PSG, but it was great to have them in the competition as it overall boosted and helped Israeli football to be to get to that next level. That finishes off the Champions League group summaries. We will continue to look at Champions League news in the coming weeks. Thank you for listening to the In The Stands show. I'll catch you after the break. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's. Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Uh, Mark, it's Witch from Spiderbait here. Uh, are, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Uh, are you Are you talking to me? No. What I said is, are you talking to me? <laughs> well, I'm the only one here, so. Who the hell are you talking to? Are you talking to me? <laughs> Listen in every Thursday night at 6pm. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in and enjoy. Welcome back to the In The Stand show where we are looking at last week's A-League round. The first game of the fourth round of the A-League was the Western Sydney Wanderers hosting the Newcastle Jets. Both teams came into this game with a lot of confidence as they both had great starts of the season, but Western Sydney were able to capitalise on their chances, which saw them 2-0 victors in the end. The next game of round four was Brisbane Ru- Brisbane Rural hosting Tony Popovich's Melbourne victory at Morden Daly Stadium. This game had everything, shots, red cards, everything you want as a spectator, but no teams could capitalise on their chances, which ended the game 0-0. Victory dominated the game. They, they had a variety of chances, they, but they couldn't put anything away in. That's something that they're lacking in attack. They just can't... They weren't able to put um, any goals away. They could do it against Sydney FC, but against Western Sydney, against Melbourne City, they struggled. And also Brisbane Rule, they struggled. They're able to shoot, but they just can't. They can't put the ball in the net. And that's why we've brought in Bruno Fornaroli to, to, um, to score goals, I guess. And he knows how to do that. He's done that at Melbourne City. He's done that at Perth. He's, done, he's, he's just a goal scorer, and that's what we need. Brisbane Roar's goalkeeper Jordan Holmes had also been sent off as well and so everything went victory's way but they just couldn't score and it's something they need to work on and again that's why we brought in Bruno Fornaroli. The next game was the Central Coast Mariners hosting Western United and this game was an absolute goal fest. It ended 4-2 to the Central Coast Mariners despite Western United being 2-0 up but a red card to start Western centre-back Nico Topol-Stanley led to their downfall. We also saw a star performance from Central Coast Mariner, Mariner Jason Cummings with a goal and two assists. 
this game really boosts the Mariners in confidence, but leaves the reigning champions winless. And John Aloisi is going to need to do a lot of work to get them off the bottom, which they are. No games won. They're just going to have to... I don't know what's going on. I mean, they're going to have to maybe try to try to bring in a player or to make a difference because it's just not working. couple injuries here and there. It's just... Ah, just not looking good for the reigning champions. And um, this year may see, at the moment, the way they're playing, it may not see them in the finals, which would be terrible for the club. Next game was the MacArthur Bulls hosting Sydney FC in a type of Sydney derby, I guess. This game saw a lot of Sydney fans travel down to support their boys. This game was another goal first with Sydney uh, winning the game 3-2, sealing the game from Segasic in the 84th minute. This helps Sydney move up the ladder, but the Australia Cup champions are going to need to do a lot of work to uh, to get back up that table. Next, we saw Adelaide United host Perth Glory. This game was dominated by the home side, which saw them 2-0 up in a matter of 20 minutes. But Perth responded with a goal, but that wasn't enough to get them to win. This game ended 2-1 to Adelaide. In the last game of the fourth round of the A-League, it saw Melbourne City hosting Wellington Phoenix. It saw City score two early goals, but the Phoenix responded with a, a, with a first goal by Sam Sutton in the 79th minute. And then a last-minute equaliser by Costa Barbarousas, the ex-Melbourne victory player, to put a goal away to level the game up. This game ended 2-all. In the last game... Oh, sorry, in the first game of the round five A-League season, it was Melbourne Victory hosting the Newcastle Jets at Amy Park. This was last night. Victory came in as underdogs in this game. They had only won one game and weren't able to score a goal in over uh, in three games. And um, a penalty to Jake Brimmer gave Victory the 1-0 lead and dominance over the Jets. Chris Economides put away a lovely cross by Marky signing Nanny, but this goal was disallowed. To kick off the second half, Chris Economides redeemed himself with another goal, bringing the stadium back to life. Victory's dominance continued with a great finish by Nick D'Agostino. Then to finish it all off, new signing Bruno Bruno Fornaroli comes off the bench and puts away a lovely penalty, which saw Victory 4-0 winners. This win was definitely needed by Victory for their confidence in the latter position as they wouldn't they weren't able to put goals away and something changed. It's like a little a little boost. I don't know. It was like maybe the fans. I don't know. They just wanted the ball more and they, they controlled it and they didn't give Newcastle an inch. And that's what they needed and that's what they did well and it boosted their side. And it's not looking good for Newcastle. They've lost two, re- uh, they've lost two games on the trot, um, but it's looking good for victory and hopefully they can keep this run up against Adelaide next week. That wraps up the A-League summaries. So thank you for listening to the In The Stand show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it. Twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Gulhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a... 